0: We Prepping
1: 2.0. I think there's interesting timing as we're getting more focused on our homesteading. The food shortage situation is really hitting a fervor. We know it's coming. It's coming fast. In terms of our stored food, we're set. We're okay. We need to focus now on creating sustainability on our property. When
0: disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready, Prepping 2.0 coming in three,
1: two, one. Welcome everyone, this is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate.
2: Well, hello, well everybody, you the listener are probably working on your place to increase sustainability or you're actively thinking about it today. We tell you what we're doing on our homestead to give you ideas and let you learn from our mistakes. Besides, we wanted to take a break from all the doom and gloom topics we're forced to address in the times we're in.
1: Speaking of doom and gloom, it's always North Korea that has EMP technology pointed 100% at the U.S. And then there was a coronal mass ejection that happened that missed us a few months ago. It just... When I hear those two words, I just go, okay, there goes the phone, there goes the microwave, there goes, there we're goes... We're in the Stone Age. We're dark now, and we're dark for a long time.
2: CIA so, estimates 90% casualty rate, and I think that's low.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that. So how can you combat that? You need basically a big surge protector for your life. Well, there's a great company out there um, that we work with, and our sponsors, very proud sponsors of our show, basically put a surge protector on your life, and that is a EMP Shield. They have de- developed such a device that you can put on your home or your car that protects it from an EMP. And it has been scientifically, actually scientifically proven. Is that
2: Dr. Fauci science? No, 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 no. No, it's that's real not, science.
1: Um, weirdo, uh, not science stuff. Yeah. So really cool product we really recommend it mm-hmm. and um, i encourage you to go to our website prepping2-0.com click on friends and affiliates and there's a coupon code over there you get 50 dollars off each product and each one runs in the three to four hundred dollar range So it's a pretty nice little coupon
2: that's right and i also wanted to let folks know about shelby's awesome project which is prepping for kids and prepping for teens for patreon supporters and we Strongly encourage you to be a Patreon supporter. It's what makes this show, which is so professionally produced, mm-hmm. because we hire somebody. We could never do this. You have on a our pro- own.
1: professional producer, like,
2: and we won't tell you his or her
1: mm. credentials.
2: See what I did there? The gender throw off. Do you like that? His or her credentials, because he or she could actually be retaliated against with his or her employer. Do you like how I do that? We
1: should name her, our producer. Yeah. Her mm. name is Madge.
2: Mm, Madge. That's right. So
1: Madge the producer. Madge
2: the producer. You love her. But anyway, back to the uh, Patreon thing. If you're a $5 and up supporter uh, on Patreon, you get Shelby's reading without her face mask that she has for to prevent creepy people. She reads a kid's book, which is Little House in the Big Woods.
1: So fun.
2: And prepping for teens, which is Island of the Blue Dolphins. And this is a great thing because if you have kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, I I don't know what else there may be, kids in your life, or teens, because the the teens is separate...
1: And you want to get them thinking about prepping, but you don't want to like, all right, kids, this is how we load shotgun shells. I mean, you don't yeah. want to get crazy. And this scare is how them. you
2: cut off a zombie's head. That's not really good for <laughs> little kids. Um, so anyway, that there's that. We highly recommend it. It's one of the many advantages to being a, a Patreon, especially at the $5 and up level. The other great thing, you know you've heard about it, but we want to have as many people as possible come the Picnic Palooza in Missoula and... If it's got the word Palooza in it, you know it's going to be fun. It must be good. It must be good. And so that is going to be July 30th, which is a Saturday, in Missoula, Montana, in the Fort Missoula City Park, the Buena Vista Pavilion.
1: Bella Vista. Bella
2: Vista. Sorry. I was thinking of towns in Florida that all seem to be named something like Buena Vista. Oh,
1: exactly. And we had a crazy, crazy rain last night for most of the night. Oh, yeah. So it's nice to know that we're in a covered pavilion.
2: Yes, exactly. So, and and as of now, there's going to be an awesome food truck there. Um, so that'll be great. But anyway, nice. come yeah. come and visit us. We'd love to have you. It's free. It's for all listeners. It's a celebration of life. Uh, celebration of my life, in essence.
1: And all and, of all of our patreons and, and so many
2: and others, and others
1: who have two point who survived the COVID garbage. Yeah. Yep. Literally. Exactly.
2: Well, let's get into it. I wanted to let you know the structure of this show. We're gonna cover short-term, medium-term, and long-term projects at our place. And the cool thing about this is, this is a celebration in a sense for Shelby and me, and that is we're finally at a stage in our relocation where we can focus on homesteading instead of just moving. So this is like, this is a great, it's like a spring day in our lives when it comes to our homesteading. Trust
1: me, we would rather be homesteading than moving. And we've been doing the moving thing for over a year.
2: Yeah, it's getting kind of old. So we're finally getting settled in where we can find, I don't know, um, seeds and things. That's a great segue into Shelby, who's going to start off with a discussion of uh, the short-term projects we're doing.
1: And to start that out, I think there's kind of this interesting timing. As we're getting more focused on our homesteading, the food shortage situation is really hitting a, a fervor. We know it's coming, it's coming fast. Um, And we've talked about this before. In terms of our stored food, we're set, we're okay. We need to focus now on creating sustainability on our property. So one of the things that we're working on is growing our own and we are in the final stages and the and I wish it were the final stage 3 weeks ago but the weather's been prohibitive for our the guy who's putting together our greenhouse we're in the final stages of our greenhouse and our greenhouse growing is going to be different than our greenhouse growing in western washington and again these are all topics that we've just barely skimmed over in previous shows and haven't had this moment that we have today to really discuss it and what we're realizing here in western montana Well, we knew it, but now we're like really getting it.
2: We're experiencing it.
1: Yes. Complete difference in seasons. In western Washington, Oregon, Washington, generally in the places I've lived, there really isn't a winter in the sense of that there's sustained cold, sustained below 30 degrees. You might get one night where it hits like 25 degrees, or one day when it's like 10 degrees, and those are weird to happen in the Pacific Northwest.
2: People freak out. Oh
1: my gosh, that's terrible! And so you can go, you can make an annual plant in that climate. Annual meaning it comes and goes. You you get it once a year. It's annual. It's an annual plant. I have had pansies that have lasted like 10 years in in Oregon because you don't have the harsh winters. That's different. Not the case in Montana. Not the case in Mm -hmm. Montana. Not only do you have sustained frozen nights and frost nights, um, you have a very short growing season compared to where we come from. So we are having to really learn our climate and the greenhouse is part of that. In Western uh, Washington, in our greenhouse, I was able to grow stuff all year round. Mm -hmm. And I even had to kind of fight back a little bit in the middle of the summer because the greenhouse would get too dang hot. Mm -hmm. Not the case here. The green, I am not looking to try to grow year round in Western Montana because I am not going to spend the energy that it takes to make that greenhouse stay above about 40 degrees in the middle of January when it's, um, the energy costs are too much. What I am working on initially is making it so that our three to four month growing season is eight to nine months and extending it through the heat that is preserved and the the, uh, temperate climate that I can create in a greenhouse. So here's the other thing that goes with the greenhouse in Western Washington. Again, I could grow in the greenhouse, and I was actually working on making it so that in the summer I could start seedlings in the greenhouse, put them outside. We're doing that here in Montana with the idea knowing that we're going to start things. The greenhouse in the spring is to start things and put them outside. And then... um, Kind of start that cycle and be more proactive on that. Um, part of our greenhouse build is also putting in about, gosh, I don't know, 26 raised, I'm kidding, 26 raised <laughs> beds. I think there's four or six. We have a lot of raised beds for that. Uh, so that's where we're at with that. And, and part of what I wanted to discuss here, and you'll see us talking about it, we learned lessons at our previous location in Western Washington and we have this strange and unique opportunity to start again and do it better from lessons we've learned.
2: Why don't you tell folks about some of the design features of the greenhouse we went with because I think that'll be telling for folks apparently greenhouse design is a a very thought intensive topic that that occupies a lot of people's um planning time
1: um First of all, I found a, I had to find a greenhouse company, producer, manufacturer, whatever, that it wasn't just a little piece of plastic, like plastic covered aluminum frame.
2: Which is better than nothing.
1: Which is better than nothing. That's almost a seed starting thing that you want to put next to your garage and um, and just have it be kind of that. In Montana, that's going to get destroyed in one of two ways. One, it's going to blow away because <laughs> the winds here are insane or two um, snow is going to be so heavy on that plastic it's going to break and and you need something that can really take the weather um and we're using a product on the out outer layer the outer plastic layer called solex that is very um, vibrant it's very hefty it can take the it can take the snow and it's much and it keeps the the heat inside much more temperate. Um, Compared to plastic sheeting, which is it doesn't
2: just magnify the heat, it it actually regulates it it a
1: little bit. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. And so, again, in western Washington, the plastic sheeting, greenhouse sheeting, worked fine because it was such a mild climate. You have to, in, in a climate like this, which is most of the United States, unless you live in Arizona or something, um... You got to be able to fight back on winter. So, And we also are having it <laughs> cement anchored to the ground so it doesn't blow away.
2: That's a positive. <laughs> That's a big one. And, and tell folks about the, um, the uh, vermin, as I call them, oh. Oh, the vermin inhibiting structures.
1: So interesting thing at our prior greenhouse in Western uh, Washington, we would get mice and I would just set a trap. We outdoor would,
2: cats work fine for outdoor that. Outdoor
1: cats work fine. Um, and they would get them around the, green, around the greenhouse. I wouldn't let them in the greenhouse. But You're we just ha-
2: asking for trouble. They're asking. Because well, we would grow catnip. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> but one of our dogs, mm-hmm. who loves to uh, get mice, she's really good at it, um, chewed a dog-sized hole mm-hmm. in the side of our greenhouse, trying to get to things inside. So um, one of the upgrades that our, mm-hmm. um, our gentleman that is uh, making our greenhouse and putting it together. His name's Madge. His name's Madge. No, Everybody. it's not. That's no. our producer's I name. I know. Um, not really. Uh, he has this cool webbing and metal sh- uh, sort of hardware cloth um, flooring that he integrates with um, gravel because I didn't want a cement base. I'm loving it. It keeps those digging rodents out. And um, the other design that I wanted to do is I'm doing double dutch doors so that I can open the top and let Aaron and yet I can keep the dogs and other critters out. So there's some things that we did upgrades on because we've learned lessons.
2: You know, if you're curious about our greenhouse and, and I wanna emphasize again, I'll try not to be repetitive, but I must emphasize again, we're only telling you about what we're doing because uh to give you ideas what you may learn from it this is not glenn and shelby's diary or this isn't like hey look at our place we're we're giving you lessons and and for example the double dutch doors is what made me think of it Mm -hmm. what a great lesson we learned by not having them That's a previous one and so um folks can get a really good sense of our greenhouse build from the video bonus show that will be up by the time this show airs those video bonus shows are available for patreons at five dollar and up level we take a video um shelby's face will be exposed so that's that's quite a bonus
1: we trust our patreons we
2: trust our patreons exactly and so we'll put that up and um you can see what we're talking about another important point i wanted to make about the design of the greenhouse that makes all of this possible and yes to be honest if you're wondering. um, We did sink some money into this greenhouse because of its importance. And we learned its importance from having a a lesser greenhouse. Um, But one of the important things that makes all this work is the availability of water and electricity at our greenhouse site. Our greenhouse site is not next to our home. So uh, utilities are not a given, given that it's on what we call the back half of the property. But we only undertook this with electricity and water nearby because you're going to need electricity for uh you know heater when it's a little bit chilly we're not going to heat it in the dead of winter but we are going to heat it and cool it there's fans yeah um that, that there's there's great venting in there so a fan will will really you know be functional and also um the the water is kind of key because um I, we, you You'll see it when you see the the video bonus right. show. But, I mean, it's not exactly easy to bring water over from where it is very abundant, the creek that runs, that bisects our property. This is on the other half, the non-house half of the property. So having water nearby is pretty critical. So you'll get to see that on the video bonus yeah. show. And I, I really recommend this because this show, because the video bonus show, because you're going to get to see what we're doing and you can adjust based on your situation. You may live in a suburb and the way we're going about it doesn't work for you, but at least you'll be engaging your mind and you'll be thinking about it because it's a pretty substantial investment and the more practical information you have, the better it is.
1: Absolutely, and are greenhouses practical for everyone? No. Is this kind of money practical for everyone? No, but I think we've talked about it enough. Putting some kind of investment like this into creating your own food sources and getting it out of the grocery store business and out of the food supply and making it so that you have control of your food supply. That's an investment. I think that's worth it right now. It's not like green, you know, I'm going to have a greenhouse so I can bro- grow pretty flowers and, and and just have a pretty just herbs or just herbs yeah, or, just, or herbs, uh, or, as I herbs like to call or just, them. you know, we're not doing the Martha Stewart, Joanna Gaines kind of greenhouse here. We are producing food to get it so that we are taking that investment out of the food supply um, market. That's it. So the next thing, though, that we wanted to talk about, we have a few minutes before the break. Fruit trees. Mm -hmm. What's crazy, excuse me as I clear my voice. What's crazy is um, here in Western Montana, um, if you go right now, it's mid-May-ish. Fruit trees are almost completely sold out until next year. Mm -hmm. People are buying fruit trees for all the same reasons that we're having this show. They know that fruit supply... They know the chain, they know all of it, and they're buying them out. We bought a couple weeks ago. We beat the rush, which 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 we try to
2: do, which prepping's all about planning.
1: We went to a local nursery that I'd heard had fruit trees and bought five. What's funny is that I wanted a peach, and so the the little situation was you go, you buy them, they're bare root in um, some real loose soil there, and they put your name on it, and then you come back when you're ready to put it in the ground. And that was going to be about a week later. So we're sitting there fighting a little bit with the owner going, Are you sure there's fruit? Are you sure that there's um, peach trees? I thought we were sold out of these two weeks ago. I'm like, Well, your little helper over here tagged it for me. And he almost didn't want to sell it to us. Remember? They're that
2: valuable. And it's that big of a deal, which is yet another indication of why the topic of self reliance to the extent practical, we'll get into that topic in a moment is such a key thing. I mean, it's not just the TP flying off the shelves, it's peach trees. It's
1: peach trees. Peach trees and (laughs) TP. So folks, I got the last peach tree at blah, blah, blah nursery in Western Montana. Anyway.
2: I'd like to add, when you say blah, 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 Western, um, Western Montana nursery, we obviously got these things at a local nursery. Yes. And these are fruit trees that work in this area. And we had some help from a friend of ours who steered us to the correct nursery that has the, the real deal, local growing season sort of stuff. And that's important too. I mean, you can, we've done this in the past where you go to Costco and you get uh, fruit tree starts and uh, they didn't do super awesome, which I'm not gonna blame on Costco. Right. It could have been a variety of reasons. Um, another thing about the fruit trees is that you have to, have to, uh deer protect them
1: oh gosh yes
2: and we saw like the day after we got the we put the fruit trees in the ground we put the ground and we
1: were planning to do some deer protection we yeah. were don't get us wrong we weren't that stupid by the way a fan put out there on one of my posts about this yeah i planted fruit trees and the next day it was a stick sticking out of the ground because the deer got a hold yeah them we down. put them
2: in on a friday evening because that's what we do on friday evenings by the way that's what kind of nerds we're so we fun. are yeah but we had fun um, and Saturday morning, we see the deer out sniffing around. They didn't, they didn't munch them up, which was great. Yeah, so, I
1: went out there in my pajamas and scared them off.
2: Yeah, yeah. You had more clothes on than I did. This so that's why you got it. So guys, don't think I'm not being chivalrous <laughs> by saying, woman, go out and scare off the deer. Yep. So, um, we put, uh, a steel cage basically around them and describe to, for folks what, what we use for so, that. Uh,
1: you know, it's a, it's the cage is basically the, you know, your, uh, rectangular wire fencing sort of material we made them ourselves and with a pair of snippers and pliers put it around which um on some of those trees was not tall enough so kind of um did a little loop-de-loop around the top with deer netting and right now they're all all five i keep checking them are doing well they're budding out mm-hmm. which tells me that they've established which is not marijuana which yeah they're they're establishing well they're getting the nutrients they need also to just digging a hole to put fruit oh. trees in is not the easiest thing in Western Montana. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> when, you're, when you're by a creek, um, there are all, kind of, all this lovely river rock that people oh, pay so big pretty. money for. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's so pretty. Not when you're trying to dig it out of the ground, it isn't.
1: Yeah, because you have to go through a foot of it to get to the soil.
2: Yeah, exactly. But that's going to be a local condition. So as we always say, with absolutely everything in the preparedness world, rarely can you make such categorical statements, but this is true. Everything is a system. You don't just need fruit trees; you need a way to dig them, and you need to anticipate there could be rocks. You've got to have deer proofing and pretty sophisticated stuff. You, Shelby, researched this and came up with the way with the steel cages and the netting and all that other stuff. We've also heard and we may employ the bar of Irish Spring soap, yep. which apparently deer the, don't the smell like. Of it, that they, don't they don't like. like. Um, so everything is a system, and it's once again. Example number seven thousand and twelve. I tend to exaggerate. Example number seven thousand and twelve of the fact that you can't be a buy it now prepper. Mm-hmm. I mean, buying something in this case, fruit trees, is just one step. You have to. You have to have a system, and it doesn't have to be complicated. No, you just have to and think to yourself. it
1: doesn't have to be expensive either.
2: No, you just have to think to yourself. Okay, what all do I need? What all is involved in this project? It's like when you um, get, get some product that is a uh, self assembly, you know do it yourself assembly. Some assembly required, I guess. And the really good instructions, and that's rare by the way. Normally they're in every language except something understandable to you. Mm-hmm. But uh, they have a list of tools you will need, right? Well, that's the same idea here. Everything comes with a list of it doesn't come with it, but everything requires additional stuff. Right. I think so, I've so when that you're point.
1: standing there at the at the nursery going, "Okay, I'm going to buy these Five fruit trees. Okay, what do I need? A shovel. In our case, a pickaxe. Yeah.
2: Um, Dynamite. <laughs> yeah.
1: So just think it through. And and we had to plan our schedule a little bit, digging five holes in our On river, a Friday afternoon. On a Friday afternoon to go get, you, you know, think it through. Just that's all I'm asking. The other thing I wanted to add to fruit trees, and I only have a couple more moments before we have to take a quick break. We, when we bought our property, I knew that there were four The previous owner had planted four fruit trees. One of them has since perished. It was a pretty new little seedling and it's gone. Um, And there's three more. I have no idea because fruit trees all look the same when they're not leafed out. I have no idea. I have no idea what it is.
2: Hopefully it's a pop tart tree. (sighs) That would be awesome.
1: So I'm kind of waiting before I go buying any more crazy fruit trees. I want to see what those are first. Because I don't want to end up with a total of like six. You don't want two Pop-Tot trees. I don't want six apple trees. I would like to diversify, obviously. So I feel good about the five that we have. I also feel good about the three that were on standby to see what they are. I'm feeling really positive that they're leafing out, that they are well-established. And two of them are within the yard where our dogs are. So good luck, dear. Mm -hmm. come on over that fence and see how it goes folks we have so much more to talk about we still need to talk about chickens and water supply and alternative energy don't go away
0: more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com you are only as safe as your gear rely on Tac Niner premium tactical survival gear Visit Tac9er on Amazon. It's spelled T-A-C. The digit nine E-R. Tactical gloves, lights, poles, trenching, and more. See the full line. Visit Tac9er on Amazon. Gear up and save money when you mention Glenn and Shelby. Use the code TAC9ERP20 at checkout and save 20% on tactical gloves. Tac9er premium high-performance survival gear that is built to last.
2: Abe Lincoln here in 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into boston harbor on that day americans began
0: drinking coffee we celebrate that event daily here at minutemen coffee all men are created equal <laughs> coffee is not minutemen coffee is roasted
2: to perfection in small batches bold smooth and never bitter shipped to you fresh daily whole bean ground or our patented pods www.minutemancoffee.com. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed.
1: Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP.
2: Go to newmana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website.
1: Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
0: When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping 2 0com Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code prepping2.0. It's all one word.
1: com, preppernet where preppers unite preppernet.com
2: prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping one of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates i used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me but it isn't give yourself your family and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it. Make solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. Katie Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT
0: now more of prepping 2.0 with authors glenn tate and shelby gallagher
1: welcome everyone this is shelby gallagher thanks so much for staying tuned with us want to give a just a quick little thing right here so we're all going to church tomorrow we always we generally record our shows on a saturday we're going to church tomorrow news tells me we need to all be a little careful because some crazy people out there because of what's happened with the Roe versus Wade potential decision, some people on the left are going to lose their mind and um, go into churches and cause mayhem. So glad that Glenn and I have U.S. Law Shield. I'm so glad we've encouraged you, um, our listener, to get U.S. Law Shield, because if things get a little crazy and we have to defend ourselves... We have US Law Shield on our side to defend us legally for the legal fight that we're sure that those instigators are looking to create. So what are your thoughts, Glenn?
2: Oh, you, you have insurance for everything else. Why not have insurance that's very inexpensive, about a hundred bucks a year, by the way. Why not have insurance for something that could very possibly happen, and that is you being involved in a self-defense situation. Right. I mean, you're going to sleep better, and you know what? You're going to shave a few milliseconds off your draw time because your brain is not going to be saying, "If you have a brain like mine, which is actually not something you want." <laughs> if you have a brain like mine that's sitting there saying, "Oh my goodness, what are the defenses to a criminal charge?" And oh my goodness, well, what about a civil what charge? happens and
1: when you're a lawyer too? I know. Yeah.
2: So it's 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 going to improve your self-protection by having insurance.
1: And we are looking at another summer of love. I'm sure with all oh, of yeah. this mayhem. So I we encourage you to get it go to our uh, website prepping 2 0com You'll find it over there us/friends and
2: affiliates. Friends tab. and
1: affiliates and you'll find a great coupon code there.
2: We wanted to spotlight one of the awesome podcasts there are 28 of them on the Firearms Radio Network, which is firearmsradio.net. This is, as the name implies, a collection of gun-related and prepping-related and off-roading-related and cool lifestyle-related shows, some of which are very funny, some of which are very informative, and some of which are funny and informative. And uh, our spotlight for this week is Handgun Radio, which is about handguns, believe it or not, hence the name. I was looking at some of the topics of the shows that they have, they have things like Five cheap handguns, five expensive ones. I mean, you can tell that it's really a meaty topic if you are a handgun aficionado. So consider that, Handgun Radio, which is at firearmsradio.net. They have a button on that website where you can hit and subscribe to all their shows on the network in one click of a button. So that's pretty cool.
1: Alright, so we also want to do a shout out to our great sponsors that that help us keep the lights on here at Prepping 2.0. You can find all of these folks over at Prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates. Lots of great coupon codes there. Uh, Backwoods Home Magazine. Woo! Want to look up all your gardening stuff and how to grow trees and how to do all the things we're talking about? That's a great way to get a good list of skills and how to get going on that. My Kind CBD. Great folks there. Great product new Mana foods you want to stock your shelves right now new manna's how to do it minute man coffee you want to learn and talk as fast as shelby does and appreciate the constitution at the same time they're the folks jared savick redstate-realtors.com check him out there uh, at the state of montana he will help you figure out how you as a prepper can relocate to montana we highly recommend all of that whoo
2: So let's return now. We're still on short term projects, which is great because we're going to have a full show for you. This this will go in the after show some of the medium term projects and probably all the long term projects will be in the after show, which is a reason to be a Patreon supporter. Two bucks a month to start and you get to get the after show, which we really finish up the conversation. We don't do it on purpose. It's just that the things we talk about take about an hour and a half to fully uh, explore right and we only have 52 minutes and 42 seconds because uh for the regular show because of the hard breaks for the radio right by the way we haven't said hello to our radio listeners in quite some time yes thank you radio listeners we appreciate appreciate you you. in some western states you get to listen to us um on your radio so that's very cool well we were talking about fruit trees and i wanted to make a point about You don't have to do it all on your own. Yes, we're talking about self-reliance. Yes, you need to be self-reliant, but within practical bounds, because if you try to be 100% self-reliant, you're destined to fail. It just doesn't work. It may be cool, you know, I remember the Grizzly Adams movie when I was a kid, right? It may be cool to fantasize about living off the land and stuff. Super hard to do, not really a practical goal, because if you set a goal too high, and you inevitably don't achieve it, you're going to be disappointed. And what are you gonna do? You're gonna quit. And we don't want that to happen to anybody. Absolutely. We want practical goals, achievable goals. So fruit trees are a good example of you don't have to do it on your own. Our fruit trees will mature and produce fruit in approximately four to five years, I understand. Mm-hmm. And that's great in four to five years. You you can see the, the long planning process that's involved here. I mean, it takes a Friday afternoon digging holes with a lot of rocks to start something that will start paying off in four to five years. That's the prepper mindset, which we have in abundance. Yeah. (laughs) And so, but the part about fruit trees is for all we know, our neighbors, we'll get into that in a moment. That's one of our medium term projects, getting to know neighbors. Our neighbors have overflowing apple trees. We just physically haven't been out and about and gone and visited them. It's
1: been too dang cold.
2: It's been, yeah, it's been freezing. And so, (laughs) and we're still unpacking things like based on a true story, salt and pepper shakers, which come in handy when you eat a lot of eggs in the morning. So we're we're thinking that our neighbors, given where we are geographically and sort of the agricultural area we're in, are probably gonna well, have apple trees, for example, overflowing with apples, and we will be doing our neighbors a favor by taking some um,
1: a wind-fallen of, yeah.
2: apples off their hands. And so we wanted to make the point that you don't have to do it all yourself because it's impractical and there's nothing wrong. It's not cheating in the self-reliance world to go over and with your neighbor's permission, of course, getting some of your neighbor's apples and for example, canning them or freeze drying them, which is a topic for an entire show, maybe even entirely new
1: book. Well, and Hmm. what's really cool is that by doing that, by getting to know your neighbors, by working together with them, you're still taking your funds and your resources Yes. Out of the grocery. Thank you. um, Supply chain. And you're again, you can't do it all. So getting to know your neighbors and sharing resources. We just had a great conversation with one of our neighbors as we were digging holes for our trees. Yes. He came buzzing over and we had a long conversation. So this is this is awesome. Just keep thinking about how you can do some of these things where you are, because we know. Your situation, your property, where you live, you could be, you know, it could be very different, but we want to give you ideas and give you encouragement. So we have another topic.
2: We have a short-term topic. Shelby mm-hmm. is chomping at the bit because it's a topic she loves and she's really good at. And I'm very lucky to be married to someone who is so, so good at this. What is the topic? Chickens. my dear?
1: Chickens. Here's the thing that's cool about me and chickens. I've done chickens in high density urban cities. I've done them in uh, now Western Washington in an unfenced, predator-rich environment, including dogs. Now I'm going to be doing it in an area that is fenced where I can open range my chickens a little bit more. So So chickens are fun and they're very versatile. And depending on where you're at, you can do chickens. That's what I, I want to encourage you. And chickens are great because, when you you have a protein source that they plop out to you every you single... You got two.
2: Well, okay, that's one, right. yeah.
1: You, and the second one in is you could raise them and eat them. Boom, mm-hmm. done. And there Especially you go. Especially
2: the roosters, which are which are monstrous little boogers.
1: Yeah, they are. I want to try and keep one, though, just because it'll help keep predators away. Mm-hmm. So, But that's a choice that... Again, one of the versatile choices that you get with chickens. So here's what we've learned about the whole chicken coop thing. Again, I have had a small chicken coop in my city yard when I lived in the city. Problem there, just so you know, we ran into rats.
2: And the chickens were voting Democrat. That's not cool. That's
1: awful. And I had a real problem with um, raccoons. Um, I've had some really horrifying crime scene looking um, completely killed ripped apart raccoons are awful hunters they just they just kill in that situation um and then we moved to western uh washington where we made our own coop and we put it out on social media quite a bit and i'm doing a big lead up here we used a shed that we bought from costco and we coupled it with an animal pen and we kept them contained we did not let them free range a whole lot one because we had dogs we have dogs and bears and bears and mountain lions and raccoons mm-hmm. we took a few of them out while we lived there oh yeah that and and we also had flying predators you know your hawks and your and your and your eagles especially there we had neighbors that had chickens and within a few months they didn't have chickens because of all of what I just described so I kept them contained. Um, we still have those predators here where we live in western Montana, but we don't have the dog situation. Mm-hmm. Our dogs have their own separate enclosed yard, which is great for them. And where the chicken coop is, I was very um, strategic. I placed it near our horse barn that doesn't have horses yet. Yet. Because chickens will turn horse manure into eggs. Hmm. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. And they can free range all around that barn and and be much more, um, they can mow the lawn there, they can chew up things, and that takes away my feed costs when they're able to kind of open range in that area. And there's quite a bit of sand there and that's good for them as well. So there's kind of where we're at. Now the, let me go back to one thing, the chicken coop. We just went, we talked about this from, fairly you know some chilly nights in western washington to dying it's cold and it can it can hurt your chickens in the winter here you need to in a extremely cold climate be able to give your chickens warm shelter a legit fashion.
2: enclosure
1: and we spent the bucks mm-hmm. um and, but, and everything that I've done here, when I've spent the bucks on something, I'm looking for a deal. So, last August, when we first arrived here, I figured out a local guy who makes these kind of robust sheds. And um, he had put out a coupon in August saying if you um, put money down on a shed, and they do chicken coops, and for delivery in a couple months, um, you get like a 20% discount. Yeah, it
2: was a couple grand.
1: It was, right, and so we got that chicken coop. It is a substantial wooden shed. We put it's money- It's really well built. Like about $5,000. Five. I've 5
2: lived in lesser structures. I know,
1: seriously, we were joking about it this morning, like, hey, so the kids can stay out here tonight. <laughs> yeah. It is legit, and the reason why we did that, again, is based on the climate, and also being predator-proof. Um, and um, the price on those have gone up a lot. I talked to a friend of mine said, yeah, they're charging about double that now. Because, isn't um, that crazy? Isn't that crazy? So I'm so glad we got it when we did. I'm working right now on two things. One, finishing it off, putting in the nesting boxes, finishing it off. Because about four months ago, I ordered chicks um, via mail to be delivered the first it's
2: so weird when you go to the post office and you hear them chirping on i know the loading you can dock. hear them
1: in the back of the dock, yeah, yeah it's
2: the craziest thing they actually come by mail i yeah. i didn't think that was true
1: yeah so i've ordered them and they are going to be delivered the first week of june which is really good for me and i really did that very strategically because i did not want to be raising baby chicks when it's 30 degrees and trying to keep them warm and keep them keep them alive so that's a much better time for me so they will be maturing and laying eggs by fall ish i'm going to say october november ish generally it takes about six months i have to say that's crazy the chicks we ordered mm-hmm. when we lived in western washington they arrived the first week of september you were there people don't believe me when i say it it's true laying eggs by mid december that was in. that's not normal
2: it was great a couple other things yeah. about the chicken coop once again, we're going to talk about water and electricity. We have a outdoor water source uh, very nearby. Um, a, a,
1: a pump, a hand a, pump, you a hand up pump. The pump thing. Yeah,
2: thing. And uh, electricity, which we're going to have installed underground, so we don't have an extension cord. That's purely an aesthetic thing. Well, um, and, and I don't uh, lawnmowers want- Lawn mowers too. You don't want electrical right. cords and And lawnmowers. when there's horses
1: back there, I don't want a horse accidentally taking a bite out of that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that would be, that'd be hard to explain how you electrocuted <laughs> a horse. Yeah. But, um, and so that is another part of everything being a system. Yeah. It's yeah. not just cute little chicks at Tractor Supply, let's go ahead and buy them. I mean, there's, there's, there's so many other steps. They're not overwhelming, they're completely doable, but you just need to pause And we're so used to this in America, and I am guilty as charged. I am not being a hypocrite. We're so used to everything being a buy it now thing, where if you want something, all you do is get on your phone and go on Amazon Prime and order it, and it comes to your house. I mean, it could not be simpler. So just think about the systems there are some youtube videos you can you can learn about this you're learning about it now by listening to our experience so just think in terms of what all is necessary but understand it's not unattainable
1: well and i want to add to that too because part of i'm i'm a big believer and you don't have to spend money on to do these things but yet i we wanted to put some some investment into this so that we could get some good bang for our buck, and some good life out of this. I didn't want to just put up a cruddy little shed for chickens that'll last a year. We, I've done that, been there, done that. What were you going to say?
2: Oh, nothing. I was just oh, you breathing were just agreeing. and try not to breathe into a microphone because it sounds creepy.
1: It does. So, um, uh, so <laughs> one of the things that I made sure of to do, because of, again, this new climate that we're in, I got a heated waterer.
2: Totally necessary. Totally
1: necessary because um, chickens need water all the time.
2: And Montana freezes water. It's, it's crazy. Really, it's, it's like science. It's, it's really good at Dr. Fauci and, science. It. and I also
1: got this kind of automatic feeder where they step, where they step up feeder, I guess, and they can step on it and then feed themselves, which is great for keeping predators out. So there's some. I put, you know, I got a few little extra little. Um, upgrades on some of those things for us, because I've learned I really hate going out to the chicken coop when it's 20 degrees outside every night. I hated doing that in Washington, I'm not gonna do it here. So little well, upgrades for me, yes. One
2: other mention about the idea of a system when it comes to chickens. Not only do you have all the things involved in getting yourself some eggs, let's just limit it to yeah. eggs and not meat birds. Um, what do you do with the eggs well y- you fry them up for breakfast if you're like me you know four eggs a day you know boom almost every single day yep. uh, if i don't eat eggs there's something wrong there's been a disruption in our supply system <laughs>
1: yeah we didn't get to go to costco that. exactly
2: we... but that'll change when we have our yes, own eggs of course your own eggs to. are amazingly flavorful the yolks are marigold Gold.
1: Well, and especially when they can free range, like how we're oh, planning, and eat grubs. it's gonna and eat the grubs and eat the grass and eat the eat. We're gonna have um, even better eggs here, yeah.
2: And so, another part of the system is what do you do with all the excess eggs? We're not gonna talk about freeze drying uh, necessarily um, in depth here, but just I wanted to put a placeholder in to say if you've got a food freeze dryer. And if you can possibly afford one, it's totally worth it if you've got an abundance of food. One of the things that we freeze dried the most was scrambled eggs with bacon bits and cheese and onions. And it's really easy to do. I mean, you've got to have something to do with the excess eggs. We might sell some of them, but that's not going to pay for the chicken coop. But I mean, it's, you know, it's a little bit of money. It's kind of cool.
1: It'll pay for that week's feed.
2: Exactly. So, I mean, it all adds up, but I wanted to mention, this concept of the system and what do you do with the abundances of food that you have you have to preserve it somehow so just put that in your mind
1: right so in all of this and we're going to switch over to more medium term stuff to give everyone an idea we have our chicken coop i'm actually laying down right now I took a break from doing it to come record this show. I'm laying down a lin- cheap linoleum on the floor.
2: 89 cents a linear foot. Yeah, it
1: t- cost us 16 bucks at Lowe's. And a, and why? So that it's easy. One, it will protect the wood subfloor from poop mm-hmm. and uh, chicken poop. And two, it'll make it so that I can scrape, hose out, shovel out chicken manure much easier. I've done the wooden floor thing and it gets... It gets rotten. It does. So that was one of those things, lesson learned.
2: $16 upgrade that's going to give us years more of life on this chicken coop. See, uh, once again, you got to just think these things through. And
1: I put a picture of this, of the flooring, that's very 70s looking on the floor of our chicken coop. That's why
2: it was $16 for enough to... A chicken exactly.
1: Coop. So one person also said he went to Home Depot and did the same thing. And someone said, oh, you must be building a chicken coop. So this is not a weird it's
2: socially acceptable yeah, to it's so... get 70s linoleum
1: <laughs> on the floor of your chicken coop. So these are all the things. And I want to give our listeners were now that we're done moving now that we're done being sick and we're done. These are video bonus shows that are going to be in abundance over on the Patreon we side. We dusted
2: off our video camera. We found it. We found it in our in our and moving we stuff. And charged it? And we charged the battery. Thought you'd want to know that. So we um we're going to be doing a bunch of videos about giving you uh, the upgrades to our our place, giving you the visual, and it's going to inspire you. I guarantee you it's going to inspire oh, and, you. And
1: well, it'll be fun.
2: Because we're fun.
1: We're fun people. We All are. Right. So, now,
2: medium-term yeah,
1: stuff. Yeah, this, this one's your Wick.
2: Well, um, one of the medium-term things, projects, it's not really a project per se, but it's medium-term as far as chronology goes, and that is learning the seasons. Um, they say, and it's true, that you to understand your house, you need to live in it for a full year to understand all kinds oh, of things, that's like, the truth like heating and cooling and the all kinds of stuff. The things that
1: pop out of the ground in the spring. You know what I mean? A bunch of flowers just came up in one of our beds I didn't point out to you. It's good to see what is in your ground and what grows.
2: And you need to factor that in to your planning when it's like, oh, should I do something now? Well, believe it or not, as motivational as we are on Prepping 2.0, there are times when you're going to want to wait a while and see how things play out. And so one of the things that we're doing is learning our seasons and not just the fact that it's cold in the winter, which we kind of knew because End I don't know. Of experience, yeah. yeah. Um, but really understanding your seasons. So anyway, that's one medium term thing. The next one is meeting your neighbors. Sounds crazy. I mean, well, you know, you just meet your neighbors. Well, we really mean meeting them and getting to know them. And, and
1: befriending them,
2: befriending them. And you heard us talk all all the time uh, in previous you know years of this show about meeting the neighbors in Western Washington and how important it was. We talked about the barbecues that were really recruiting sessions where we were evaluating people about whether they would be helpful or hurtful. And this isn't,
1: I think that is absolutely key to do if you live in a blue-purple place. You absolutely need to know and assess your neighbors.
2: And you need to do it in a red place. It's just that the chances of your neighbor being a communist are close to zero in Montana.
1: And and unless
2: you live in Missoula and
1: and you might find them and then you make note of that. Yeah. And you still invite them over for the barbecue, but you make note of that.
2: Yeah. And you just don't talk about your food freeze dryer um, at the barbecue with them. So meeting your neighbors, um, it's obviously one of those prepping 2.0 topics. We always talk about community and how important it is. When we say meet your neighbors, we mean at a pretty superficial level. You don't need to pull them aside and say, "Hey, well, when the end of the world comes, I need you to kill a bunch of people for me." I mean, don't be don't, don't be, be weird, dumb. Don't, don't be dumb, <laughs> don't be weird.
1: So let me give an example. Our neighbor that came over on his little UTV and visited with us, he. You could tell he was assessing us. Oh, yeah. He's like, So, what's tell me about this greenhouse you got going on here? And yeah. so, and you got this pad going on over here. What are you building here? And, and, uh, we get to talking about him. He goes, Well, because, you know, when things get a little crazy this year, we need to kind of team up. And I'm like, Dude, absolutely.
2: He actually was one of the reasons we're doing this show because he said, I'm thinking about building a greenhouse too. Do you mind if I go over and just look at it and tell me about some of the features? We realized he's that there were a lot of people out there like him. A lot of people are thinking, hey, I should maybe look into what all is involved in getting a greenhouse. And so we can tell he's he's one of the good guys. He was telling us about... All the other neighbors and, and apparently knows, they're yeah. all cool. There's which a is master
1: gardener down the road that I really kind of, that I would not have known about had he not mentioned. I'm gonna go kinda check out her situation. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. And then um okay. some of the the people I mean there's a there's a guy who has a construction company down the road, which we didn't know Excavator. about Excavator. Excavator, all kinds of equipment. That's
1: a big deal in mustard <laughs> <laughs> exactly. excavating.
2: Apparently rocks are everywhere. Yeah. Um so yeah. meeting the neighbors is actually a medium term project, and it's something that's going to take time. Um, we're having a little, a little event at our house, a little party um, here in a few days, and uh, we invited them, uh, this neighbor, and I, we said, get the word out to all the other neighbors, let's invite them. Um, another neighbor who I met, um, invited him, kind of like an open house kind of thing, just come by and get to know us. Um, It's barbecue season all over again, is what I'm saying. Well,
1: and what, especially in Montana, wherever there's a cold climate, man, once that first warm weekend comes, fire up the barbecue.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. So, meeting the neighbors. Um, Another quick one, we have a couple minutes before the end of the uh, regular show.
1: And and like always, we're gonna take this right into the after show, we have so much more to talk about.
2: This is a a short enough topic to cover before the end of the show, and that is installing game cams. Get them up. Get them up. Yeah. And you're saying, why isn't that something you're doing immediately? The answer is we had to find them in all of our (laughs) stuff that we moved and everything's well labeled. But when Glenn and Shelby move, there's metric ton. Did
1: I mention I was doing loads back and forth every two weeks for like four months?
2: Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to go through. And so putting up the game cams or other. Uh, electronic and strategically,
1: making sure we put them in good spots where we know that there will be traffic so that one that we can see people coming into our property as well as potential predators who we are yeah. going to carry this on and finish up any last uh thoughts on this but folks encourage you again put on your calendar July 30th uh, for the picnic blues in Missoula we'd love to see you there again Patreons we're going to talk about your special event coming up as well Folks, don't forget the overreaching thought in all of this from Benjamin Franklin. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone.
0: Bye. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com.